I don't think you're going to find anybody that's going to make the argument that that was not the single best divisional round in the history of the NFL playoffs. Well, I mean, maybe Packers fans, maybe Bucks fans, Bills fans, probably Titans fans too. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees with a brand new blend to tell you about today, and welcome to the AFC and NFC Championship Game Prediction episode for my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL regular season and postseason. And oh boy, what a just a phenomenal slate of games from last week. But we cannot go any further until we address the elephant in the room. Uh, yeah, your boy went over. Last week, I swung and I missed and I swung and I missed and I swung and I missed and I swung and I missed again. Oh, and four straight up. I picked all four opposites to how the actual games wound up on the scoreboard. Now, in saying that, three of them ended on game winning field goals and the other one ended in overtime. I'm not going to be like, I was not having an existential crisis at the fact that I went 0-4. A couple people decided to light me up, and that's perfectly fine. That is the nature of the NFL fan base. It's the nature of trash talking, so I get it. But like, man, I'm in the third round of the playoffs of my 10th year of doing this. If I was scared of getting four games wrong... I would have stopped doing this a long time ago. So trust me, there is no uh, there is no lack of confidence on this side. Those were four incredible football games that ended marginally on every single side with late game heroics, incredible stories, rookie kickers making kicks. I'm not going to feel too bad at the fact that I was 0-4. I was one and three against the spread. I did actually wind up getting uh, the Cincinnati plus three and a half, I believe it was. That one worked out for me because even though I didn't take them to win, I did hedge my bets and take them with the points. And I was actually three and one on the totals. Go figure. The only one I missed was the Packers uh, Niners game going over. The other three, uh, which I believe were two overs and an under, the under in the Cincinnati game, those ones I actually hit. So I was four and four on the betting picks, just went 0 and four on the game straight up. So far on the playoffs, that has me five and five straight up because again, I had a very good wildcard weekend, uh, five and five against the spread and actually six and four on the totals. So uh, look, I'm 500 everywhere. I'm a game over 500 uh, on the totals. Obviously I'd like to be a lot better, especially straight up, but look off of the games that we just saw a couple days ago, I understand it. 
Now, funny enough, despite going 0-4 straight up, there really was not a lot of movement in any of the pick'em pools, and that's, I guess, a credit to the fact that it is so late in the season. And funny enough, in the against-the-spread pool, I actually moved up, despite the fact that I only had uh, one of the four games correct. So in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I'm in 19th place now out of 28. That did move me back one spot. Still at the 1,452 points I was at last week. It's good for 63% overall. Now, if I get the, if I win out the rest of the games, my maximum that I can top out at is 63.6% of the overall confidence points. There's still 40 confidence points on the board to be had in the final three games. So 63.6 is my cap. Obviously got none of the 40 confidence points available last week. In the half moons pool, I move up from 33 to 29. Go figure. You go one and three and you move up four spots. 1,109 confidence points. It's only 48.1% overall. My max is 49 if I go, if I get all the against the spread plays uh, correct in this round and for the Super Bowl, I can only max out at 49%. And I only brought in 20% last week. Only eight of the 40 available confidence points did I bring in last week. And in the anti and co-pool, shockingly, even though I went 0-4, still in 13th place out of 22, so I did not move. 159 overall wins on the season is 56.4%. My max is 56.8. Shout out to our weekly winners. Now, I will start in the half moons picks pool in this, uh, where usually I would start with mine, but I'm going to start there because four teams actually were tied in the divisional round. They brought in 32 of the 40 confidence points available. That's four out of every five. That's 80%. But three, or sorry, four teams went three and one against the spread last week, which is pretty fantastic. Obviously, I guess when in doubt, take the points. And in the anti and co pool, we had three teams tied, but they only went two and two straight up. So two and two felt like a ceiling for a lot of people with the insanity of what happened last week. So we had three teams tie with a two and two record in the anti and co pool. The reason I kind of shuffled our pool to the end here is that we did have a just a straight up winner last week, and that was Teddy Ted. I've called his name a couple times before. He only went two and two, but brought in 24 of the 40 confidence points available for 60%. Nobody else was at 60%. Teddy Ted wins the divisional round week outright. And believe it or not, this late in the season, we have a new overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool. That is fourth and ridiculous, who leapfrogs, uh, I believe they leapfrogged Uncle BBQ Barry, who's been the leader for a long time. Fourth and ridiculous, jumps up and takes the overall lead with just three football games left to go in the season. 179, 102, and 1 overall. 1,620 confidence points, which is good for 70.3% of the max cap. Goes to show you how tight things are at the top of that pool, which we'll actually elaborate on a little bit here in a minute. But fourth and ridiculous, taking over the overall lead very late in the year. Moby Polito holding on to their lead in the Half Moon's picks against the spread pool, but barely. It is very, very close with the top three. Moby Polito, 1,337 confidence points overall. It's good for 58%. I kind of thought 60% would be the ceiling in that pool. It looks like the winner's probably not going to get there. 
in the ante and co-pool, Ramsfan412, still leading that pool, has been leading that pool for some time, 184 correct straight up picks this season. And I want to take an extra second and shout them out because that puts them at a mark that is among the top 50 game-wide playing Yahoo Pick'em this year. 184 is inside the top 50. So that's pretty incredible. You think of the hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people who are playing Yahoo pools, people like me that are playing multiple pools, to be inside the top 50 overall is a pretty big accomplishment. So RamsFan412 gets an extra shout out there because that's just tremendous. Now, to look at the possibilities of who could still win these pools with only three games left, only 40 confidence points available in those first two pools, it looks like this. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, the top four overall, that being 4th and Ridiculous, Uncle BBQ Barry, Anthony Simone, and Teddy Ted are still mathematically alive to win the overall. So they're all within 40 points of each other. So if the people at the top, the 4th and Ridiculous, the Uncle BBQ Berries, if they fall off, then those two behind, Anthony Simone and Teddy Ted, could jump up and steal it here late in the year. In the Half Moons Picks pool, kind of the same deal, but it's only three instead of four. It's Moby Polito, Turcudo, and the Cacker are all within 40 confidence points of each other. So the top three are still mathematically alive to win the overall and win a good chunk of Half Moons Picks' money. And in the Ante and Co. pool, it's only the top two. It's Ramsfan412 and the cat repping the PNW, the blind Canadian cat. Shout out there. Still alive to win the overall. And I do have to shout out Anthony Simone as well, who's in third place in that pool and could mathematically tie if the everybody at the top goes 0-3 and, and they go 3-0. and So mathematically, they're still alive for at least a share of the overall championship. But that's the picture. That's how it looks. Those are the the uh, pick sets that are still available or still alive to win these things. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file here on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from last week, such as they were, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the AFC and NFC championship games. You can find information on joining either the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, the Half Moons Against the Spread Pool, or the Auntie and Co. Straight Up Pick'em Pool. It's never too late. Why not? Sign up. Have a little fun. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Now, if you've been a long time or even a short term listener of mine, you understand exactly who Nerd Tees are. But let me remind you one more time nerdtees.ca is where you need to go in order to get access to dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea blends and accessories. All kinds of deliciousness, and I, like I mentioned, I believe last week, just placed my big order. I got my order. I got some brand new teas to talk to you about through the off season and into next year. One of which I'm having today, and this was a special shout out to the folks at Nerd Teas for including just a couple of small samplers for me, just enough to make you know one or two cups of tea. Try to wet my whistle. Try to kind of get the get the hooks in on me on a new blend, and I think they've done it with this one that I have today this is apple toffee and it, the smell just when you open the bag of this 
It was almost overwhelming. It was one of the strongest smelling teas I have ever gotten from Nerd Teas. And now that I'm about two thirds of the way through my cup, it is delicious. The taste of this is just as strong as the smell and it is fantastic. Like a nice piece of apple pie with like a nice little like toffee glaze or something on it. It's just fantastic, and it is only one, as I mentioned, of dozens and dozens of great blends that you can find on nerdtees.ca, and when you use my promo code, which is BWFINEST, that is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, or an excellent conversion rate on the US dollar. So make sure you plug in BWFINEST. At checkout on nerdtees.ca, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love, maybe like apple toffee. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. All right, folks, let's do this AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game. The Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC are going to play host to the number four seed Cincinnati Bengals. And in the NFC, it's the story of the underdogs, folks. NFC number four, Los Angeles Rams, playing host to division rival NFC number six, the San Francisco 49ers. But let's start with that AFC championship game. The Kansas City Chiefs with the unique opportunity here to host their fourth straight AFC championship game, playing host to Joe Burrow and those pesky Cincinnati Bengals. Casey's going to come into this game as a heavy favorite at home. Bengals have moved their record to 12 and 7 on the season, including 6 and 3 record away from home this year. So a very solid road team are the Bengals, this being their second straight road game after picking up the win in Tennessee last week. Kansas City, of course, with that massive monumental shootout at home against the Buffalo Bills that capped off the division round. They win that game in overtime, moving their record to 14 and 5, including a sparkling 9-2 record in Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs have been the betting favorite every single game they've played this year. They are obviously 14-5 and five in those games, outscoring opponents by a little over a touchdown on average this year, plus 7.5. Now against the spread, the results have certainly been different. They're now 10-9 and nine against the spread after covering, I believe, minus 2.5 last week. It means they're beating the spread by just a little over a point and a quarter. It's 1.3 points on average. Cincinnati's had a strong season this year as an underdog. Their 10th game last week as an underdog, they're now six and four straight up in those games. So six wins in their 10 games as a betting underdog, outscoring opponents by plus 3.8 points per game in those games. Against the spread, it's been even better. They've covered seven times against the spread as a betting underdog this year in 10 games, and they're beating Vegas's lines by a little over a touchdown. The story of the conference play here is kind of interesting between these two. Cincinnati actually has a better record against AFC opponents this year. They won double-digit games against the AFC. They're now 10-4, and four, outscoring AFC opponents by 5.5 points per game on average. Now, Kansas City, they're 9-5, and five, so it's a slightly worse record. However, they are outscoring teams on average by a higher clip than Cincinnati is. It's 6.7 points per game. It's nearly a full touchdown. So while Cincinnati has a slightly better record, Kansas City has slightly better results on the scoreboard. So I'm kind of willing to look at that as a wash. 
Without question, though, the better against the spread team this year has been the Cincinnati Bengals. 12-7 and seven against the spread this season, beating Vegas' lines on average by 4.3 points per game. Kansas City, as we mentioned, they've been the favorite every week. They're 10-9 and nine against the spread, beating Vegas' numbers on average by a little more than a point and a quarter, but that is definitely on the side of the Cincinnati Bengals when you're trying to put this game on a ledger. Uh, both of these games this week uh, in Kansas City and in Los Angeles, they're going to have ideal weather. I'm not concerned about the weather conditions in either case. I mean, look, in LA, it's going to be like mid to high 60s. They basically play in not a, exactly a dome, but a canopy. So, I mean, I'm not concerned about weather, obviously, in LA. But even here in Kansas City going to be low to mid 40s it's going to be clear there's not a lot of wind it's an open air stadium but the conditions should not play much into this game so both of these games have ideal weather conditions for the Chiefs, they have five defensive players, including Tyron Matthew in the secondary, who have questionable tags heading into this game. The question is really, does that matter? You look at how explosive this Chiefs offense has been in these playoffs. They've scored 84 points in two games. If they put up a 40 spot, I don't think it really matters who's playing for them on defense. You can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think anyway. I don't think you can beat them in a track meet. I think your defense has to make some plays and then that's really going to bring those defensive injuries for Kansas City more into the limelight. That like, boy, they really need a defensive stop here. It's too bad they don't have Tyron Matthew. You know what I mean? So, if look, if Kansas City's just going to score 40 points again, I don't think this matters all that much. If the game is lower scoring than that, keep an eye on it because the Chiefs... Are they, they're going to need to make that special defensive play, and if they're missing some of those key defensive players, it's going to be more difficult. Bengals here have the benefit of the long week where they played and won their game on Saturday, so they have that extra day of preparation and rest. They're also, as I mentioned before, one of the five least penalized teams in the NFL this year, which does matter. They are on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games because it's obviously the second straight road game after they played in Tennessee last week, so that is a bit of a detriment to them. There just feels like there's something special about this Bengals team. Because, like, how could you watch that Kansas City team for the last two weeks and think anything other than they are the team of destiny? And I totally understand. They are far and away the favorites of the four teams that are left here. Far and away the favorites. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in an upset. I just, there's something special about Joe Burrow. There's something special that's happening right now in Cincinnati after 30 years of futility, basically. There's something special happening in Cincinnati, and your boy's going to go with it here. The Cincinnati Bengals in Kansas City upset Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Cincinnati is going to the Super Bowl. I threatened to do it last week where I said, boy, if Cincinnati beats Tennessee, I might just take him to the Super Bowl. And look, I sat down, I did my due diligence, and it came out that way. It, if it wouldn't have come out that way, I wouldn't have forced it. It came out that way. The Cincinnati Bengals upset Kansas City. Now on the line, the Chiefs are favored by a full touchdown here at home. I totally understand it. I would be hedging my bets on this one way or the other. Cincinnati was far and away the better against the spread team this year. They have really solid performances this year as an underdog. 
I, I don't think you can lay these seven points on Kansas City, especially not the way their defense played last week against, you know, Josh Allen and how explosive an offense like that can be. This Bengals offense has the potential to be that explosive as well with the weapons that they do have. I think one way or the other, you got to take these seven points. I like Cincinnati to win outright, so give me the plus seven. Total in the game set at 54 points, and I'm going to go ahead and take the over on this because I think these are, I mean, Kansas City's far and away the best offense left in the playoffs, so I think they're, they're going to score their points. It's going to be very difficult to keep them from scoring their points. You just got to score a couple more, which is what I think Cincinnati's going to do. So let's take over 54 points in Kansas City, Cincinnati. Bengals straight up. We're going to take the Bengals plus the seven. Game goes over 54 points. Cincinnati 30. Kansas City 28 starts spreading the news. Joe Burrow is going to the Super Bowl. I know that had no relation to New York, but shut up. It's a good line. The NFC Championship game features two teams poetically from the NFC's best division, the NFC West. That's the Los Angeles Rams playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco coming into this game, this will be their fourth straight game on the road, uh, dating back to the tail end of the regular season. Now, San Francisco, 12 and 7 on the season, 8 and 3, an immaculate 8 and 3 record, uh, straight up on the road this year. They are one of the best road teams in the NFL, if not the best road team. Los Angeles, who are a slight favorite in this game, extended their record to 14 and 5 with their win over the Tampa Bay Bucks last week. They are 6 and 3 at home this year in SoFi Stadium, so they got the job done. But as I mentioned, the Rams come into this game as a favorite. And as a favorite this year, they had a really, really, really solid season. 11-5 and five straight up in the 16 games where they have been Vegas' betting favorite. They have won those games on average by just under 6 points per game. Now, against the spread, they've faced some much larger lines and are only actually 7-9 and nine against the spread in those 16 games, and Vegas' number has beaten them by a point on average. As an underdog, the Niners have extended their straight-up record to 4-1 and one as a betting underdog, which is just phenomenal this year, and they are winning those games on average by a little over 5 points per game. Against the spread, obviously, they are also 4-1 and one and are beating Vegas' number by nearly double digits, plus 9.7 points on average they're beating the spread by. Now, since this is a division game, obviously we're going to look at the division records rather than the conference records. And against this division, the Niners did not have solid results this year. Only two and four straight up against NFC West opponents this year. They are outscored in those games on average by about two points per game, a little less than two points a game. The Los Angeles Rams now four and three against NFC West opponents this year, winning those games on average by a little more than a single point. Against the spread this season, I got to give the slight edge here to the Niners. They were 11 and 8 so far anyway against the spread, whereas the Rams are only 10 and 9 against the spread this year. Uh the Niners beating teams by an uh, sorry, beating the line by a little over a single point. The Rams beating the line on average by just a little over a half a point. So it's marginal, but I have to give the edge there to the Niners. And speaking of, I mean, the Niners' defense has been lights out in these playoffs. They've allowed only 27 total points, so only allowing 13.5 points per game in their two playoff games. But at some point, to win a playoff game, you gotta score. 
It was not the Niners offense that beat the Packers last week. It was the Niners defense. The defense won that game. I would argue it was the defense that beat the Cowboys. Yes, they scored 23 points in that game, but 23 points is, you know, below league average for a particular game or right around league average. It's certainly not spectacular. And among the offenses left in these playoffs, they're the lowest scoring average offense over the last four weeks and just in the playoffs in a bubble. So eventually the Niners are going to have to find a way to score some points if they want to move on, especially against an opponent like the Los Angeles Rams, whose offense has been very good in these playoffs. Defense has been solid in the playoffs as well. They need to be able to score some points. And I really have my concerns about whether or not this Niners offense can do that. There are a couple of injury situations to keep an eye on, and there's a couple of pretty balanced ones, I would say, on each side. For the Niners, you're looking at the health of Debo Samuel. I know everyone's saying he's going to play, but he currently has a questionable tag. Ditto with Trent Williams on the offensive line. He's got the questionable tag. And up against you know the dynamic pass rushers that the Rams can throw out there, this is going to be a great game at the line of scrimmage. You think about it, you think about Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald against like Joey Bosa and Fred Warner and that front seven and man, that's going to be such an interesting game at the line of scrimmage. The offensive lines and defensive lines should probably wind up determining this game. And when you look at LA, you're looking at Taylor Rapp in the secondary, a very solid safety, and Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line. So there are definitely question marks on both sides here related to injuries and how this plays out could wind up determining this football game. As a Green Bay Packers fan, I look at Matthew Stafford and I see, okay, you were the guy that was the quarterback for the Detroit Lions for whatever it was, nine years, I think. I am conditioned to not like you just because of that. That's the way NFL fandom works. I never, though, genuinely never didn't like Matt Stafford. I always knew the talent for Matt Stafford was there. You could see that the talent was there. You could just see he had almost nothing around him to help him with that, to help get over the hump, to help get into the playoffs consistently, to win in the playoffs. You need more than just a quarterback that can make incredible plays and lead fourth quarter comebacks. You need complete team efforts for that. That's what the Los Angeles Rams have now, and it has to feel so good for a player like Matt Stafford to look around and be like, oh, it's like going from black and white to color. It's like, oh, this is what this is like to have a supporting cast around me that's as good or better at this game than I am, and it leads to collective success. So it's got to feel so good for Matt Stafford. I have no question marks about either one of these teams' defenses. The defenses are going to come to play in this game. I have no doubt about that. I have question marks about one team's offense. That is the San Francisco 49ers. One way or the other, that is going to wind up costing them the NFC Championship game. I am going to go with the Los Angeles Rams at home to get the win over the Niners. Now, the Niners are on the long week, so they got a little bit of extra rest time. But the Rams just don't make mistakes. They're just just—they're not a team that makes mistakes. They don't take bad penalties. They don't turn the ball over a ton. And you're looking at a team in the Niners that like eventually, just constantly playing on the road, 
yes, we've seen teams do that and go on runs and even win Super Bowls doing that, but it's not a likely thing to happen. Eventually, that's going to catch up to you. And even though you can look at this as like, well, it's San Francisco and Los Angeles, it's basically a home game. I totally get that. I understand it for sure. I'm going to take the Rams here at home to beat the 49ers, get a little revenge from the regular season. Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Now, against the spread, the Rams are three and a half point favorites. I can't buy that extra point. And again, this might make me sound like something of a hypocrite because of what I just said about the Niners on the offensive side. But I think the defenses in this game are good enough that they are going to keep this game very close down to the last few plays of the game. So three and a half points, I'm just not going to buy that extra half. Give me the points with the San Francisco 49ers. They could potentially win this game. I'm just not picking them to do so, but I will take the points. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. Just talked about defenses I think are going to come to play. I think I got to stick under on this one. So we're going to stay under 46 and a half points in Los Angeles, San Francisco. Rams straight up hedging the bets plus three and a half with San Francisco under 46 and a half points. The Los Angeles Rams 20, the San Francisco 49ers 17. At home, the Rams win the NFC Championship game and will host Super Bowl 56. There you go, folks. My official prediction for the Super Bowl 56 matchup is the Cincinnati Bengals, the number four seed in the AFC, taking on the NFC's number four seed, the Los Angeles Rams, in SoFi Stadium. What an atmosphere that's going to be. And since you have the prediction, it is now time for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the Division Round episode goes to a Justin and Tyler Movie Awards Hall of Famer going to Andrew Warren. And I'm shouting out Andrew Warren here with this comment because I'll be damned if it wasn't like exactly what happened. So... His comment reads, the Bills lost as an underdog against Tom Brady and the Bucks in overtime in week 14 on the road. So I would not be surprised if that game goes to overtime and Kansas City wins it from there. It's almost like that's exactly what happened. I say that because Kansas City's defense, I think, is better than Buffalo's defense. Don't get me wrong, both teams are in the top five in defense and in the offense, so that game can go either way. I'm not going to meet you on the whole um, Kansas City's defense is top five thing, but you are a thousand percent right, Andrew, about that game going to overtime. You basically perfectly predicted that game. Good luck this week, Justin. I did enjoy your movie awards all week long. Any thought on doing an Academy Award picks this year with Tyler? So we don't usually do an Academy Awards thing. Who knows? Maybe we might. There's all kinds of ideas floating out in the ether. But Andrew, for your perfect prediction of Kansas City Buffalo, yours is the comment of the week from the Division Round episode. There you go, folks. My personal opinion is that it'll be the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams playing in Los Angeles for Super Bowl 56. How do you think the AFC and NFC championship games are going to go? Let me know in the comments section below. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again for Super Bowl 56. Thank you.
Thank you.